I not only want other people to read their Bible every day, but I realize how essential and critical it is to other people to read their Bible every day. It's like the wheel that, you know, it's hard to stop a rock that's rolling, but it's really hard to get a rock that hasn't moved yet Mm -hmm. started. And man, if I could just help people realize the goodness in the word, because that because that rock took a long time to start moving for me, but now it's it's rolling, and I don't want anything to stop it. When you think about the profound influence of the Bible on the world, the way that it has shaped our culture, whether you're a follower of Christ or not, it's probably a good idea that you know at least what it says. It's going to be about us taking and reading the Bible. Well, welcome to the Take and Read Podcast. My name is Chad, and I'm excited. Uh, Today, one of my really good friends, Chet Garner, is with us. Uh, You may know Chet by a different name as the Day Tripper. And But uh, what I'm excited about is to have you here joining us and uh, on the Take and Read Podcast, because we're going to do that. We're going to take, and we're going to read, and we're going to converse about the Word of God. One of my favorite things to do. Yes. Next uh, to one of my favorite people right here. So uh, what I like to do with new guests is have you share a little bit about your, as early as you can, your first encounters with the Bible. What do you remember about it? Maybe it was as a kid or as you were growing. What was it like for you to engage with the Bible? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right. So I am now a member of a Baptist church, but this is not Chet's upbringing. Chet was brought up in the Methodist church. Okay. And um, still got a lot of wonderful family that's Methodist. My mom's still a Methodist. My mom and dad are still Methodist. Um, You know, in, in a small town, it's funny, I married a Baptist girl in and I think most of this is past, but when when I started dating her, it's kind of like, whoa, whoa, why are you, what, what, you know, <laughs> you're gonna really? Because you know that was the thing in small towns. The Methodists came out on one side of the street, the Baptists came out on the other, and whichever one got out of the church fastest made it to the cafe soonest for uh, brunch for, or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so there was a bit of a competition. Oh, I mean, wow. you know, Baptist gals didn't date Methodist boys. Amen. Uh, but but anyway, this is all to say that. Um, had a wonderful church, and I would say I, I met Christ as a as a young kid in the Methodist church. But you know, I stayed on milk. You know, you talk about growing from milk mm-hmm. to steak. I I was probably on a steady diet of milk um, all throughout high school, and started dating my wife in high school. Started going to the Baptist church, but um, that was the very first time in high school that I heard this idea of the quiet time. When do you have your quiet time? Yeah. Uh, you know, different denominations have very different They'll traditions. Call it the QT. Yeah, the QT. Or the Devo. Or the Devo. See, you guys learn that cool lingo at like Disciple Now and all that stuff. I, I didn't I didn't do that. No. So um it was it was, you know, it was a very love centered message. Love others, love your neighbors, love everybody, love love people, which is good, right? God is love. Uh, and that's exactly our calling as Christians. Um, there's just so much more richness to it that I didn't discover until college. So high school was when you first encountered there was this component or this expectation that people would, on their own, outside of Sunday morning, 
actually read would yeah. read the Bible yes. by themselves. Yes. Okay. And it was like a quiet time. I I don't really even know what that means. But I got to go in college. No, sorry, in high school, to a couple like church church uh, eh, mission trips and things like okay. that with the Baptists. And so yeah. I got to learn a little bit of the lingo and this idea of yeah, wait, you. Wait, there's an expectation that we pick up our Bible and read it? You know, I got a Bible in the Methodist faith, and it had my name embossed yeah, on it, yeah. and we would bring it sometimes to church. But, uh, you know, may, you may open it and read the passage that the pastor's speaking out of. Uh, you'd open it in Sunday school maybe and read what you're talking about. But this idea that it was a routine of the Christian walk Nah, not really. Not really. So when you arrived at the Baptist church, did they have like, did everyone have their own little kind of leather suitcase kind of covered, yeah. zipped up and had pens <laughs> exactly. and no It looked like a trapper in? keeper, yeah. but with a Bible in the middle. You know, yeah. They didn't have yeah. that at the Methodist no, church? No, gosh, no. Our Bibles didn't need covers because you never opened, you know, you they didn't were, bring they them were around. well preserved. Yeah, well preserved, exactly. <laughs> Love it. Maybe dust covers, you know? Yeah. yeah. Now we did bring our Bible to church every now and then, but I would, it got to, um, high school and there was like this expectation but i didn't have anybody modeling it and i, I would say that it, in that church it was more of a legalistic expectation than it was an actual mm -hmm. disciple discipline amongst people yeah and it wasn't until i got to college at ut that i found other christians who had been raised very differently and that's when i started hearing the names like uh c.s lewis charles spurgeon yeah. all these people and like Holy moly, this, these dudes are taking this so, uh, post-millennial, pre-millennial. You know, it's oh, like yeah. you, you get in that headspace in college where like, oh, wow, we're going to be so academic about this. <laughs> you know, like you you walked through it. Man, I you, did. I totally. You walked through it with a bunch of other I college was, kids, but, was but it was it. all new to me. And that's the first time I encountered actual uh, men who took their Bible seriously uh, in, in, a, in an academic Yeah to an academic point got involved with some bible studies and uh that kept me off drugs through ut <laughs> no i don't know i don't i can't say i would have gone into drugs but plenty of people moved to austin and end up there all righty so fast forward to now yeah the idea of a quiet time is that something that is a regular kind of component of your of your walk yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. do you read the bible or try to daily yes and i probably make it five to six days a week okay you know there's, yeah. there's one or two in there that i got to get up and go but but on my on my days when i don't have to rush off to a shoot which some of our call times are 4 30 so you know i gotta i gotta give myself a little bit of grace on those yeah. days yeah uh then then yes yeah no bible time to me has become a a sacred thing and um, I not only want other people to read their Bible every day, but I realize how essential and critical it is to other people to read their Bible every day. It's like the wheel that, you know, it's hard to stop a rock that's rolling, but it's really hard to get a rock that hasn't moved yet mm -hmm. started. And man, I, if I could just help people realize the goodness in the word, because that, that rock took a long time to start moving mm -hmm. for me, but now it's, it's rolling and I don't want anything to stop it. Yeah. So I've got a I I I've got a routine. I wake up in the morning, the coffee the coffee brews. I go I go sit, open my open Do you my. You have book. a special spot you sit. I got a spot, but it's only because it's close to the lamp. 
not it's not like my my special chair or anything it's like your that. Your special lamp is my yeah. special lamp. But like I'm not a creature of habit. My okay. routine. So this is honestly is one of the few actual habits I have in life, and it's not a specific time. It's only as early enough as I need to before the kids wake up. So if the kids have to wake up at six forty five on the on a weekday then i try to be reading my bible by about 6 6 15 to give myself a good 30 minutes in the word on a weekend if if they're not gonna wake up till 8 39 or whatever now they rarely sleep that late but if i know we don't have anything to go to i don't still wake up at six to go read my bible i'll just make sure i'm up a little before them so you try to guard about 30 to 45 minutes yeah and that's a that's a time where you are by yourself Yep. You're with the Lord. You're near the yep. lamp if you yeah. need it. <laughs> I love lamp. Yeah. I, well, I remember <laughs> I would try to find a nice comfy spot and then I would fall asleep. <laughs> so I had to, for several years, had to sit in an uncomfortable chair at the kitchen table and the table was cold and it was, un- but it kept me awake. Awake. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, all right. So you, what, how do you decide what you're going to read each day? Mm, I'm usually on. There was a time I was pretty hippy dippy about it. I don't. It was like, just, Lord, lead me, and you open it, and you're like, I'm in Leviticus again. Great. <laughs> I need to start letting my thumb go a little longer. <laughs> it's like, oh man. Uh, uh, and so um, now I am. Well, this is kind of fun. The what I've been doing over the past couple of years, I got a chronological Bible, and so it's fired me up. You go, you know, it takes the Gospels and puts them in chronological order, as if you know you get all the birth of Jesus together. You get the baptism of Jesus from all four gospels together. You get the various Does it stories. do that with the Old Testament as well? It does it with the Old Testament it? as well. And so I just finished up reading Kings and Chronicles together and, you know, the David Solomon sagas, but put next to each other. And, you know, because <laughs> the first time I read the Bible all the way through, you know, I got, I got to the second recounting of David and the whole you know, basically the being the king, right? And, you know, making some bad decisions and then Solomon. And I got, I read it once and then I, you know, a couple days later, or a couple weeks later, rather I'm reading it again. I'm like, what? I read I all this. Read this. I read this. I didn't realize the stories were told twice. And so um, anyway, in the you know first few times you read the gospels when you don't have a, a bearing for this way, but the feeding of the 5,000, I already read this. Yes. And you're like, Oh, it's in all of them. You know, if you don't have a Bible yeah. teacher that tells you these things. That's a good So point. I just finished up throughout that re- reading uh, about the unified kingdom, you know, the stuff about David, Solomon, Saul, the whole the whole deal. Gosh, so it was, it was unified for so little time, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so little time. And um, now I am back. Uh, I was kind of tag teaming. I'm also reading Acts. So I like to... Um, jump out this morning i finished first corinthians so will you exhaust like a, a book of the old testament and then jump into a new testament book or do you stay try to stay with that chronological bible a lot of times i'm order. comboing them okay so like you know i read a little old testament and then maybe i'll read some psalms just because you know the old testament can get very historical and I, I was like, you know, and not that God doesn't have goodness in the historical facts. He does, right? Even in the right. the doldrums of the Levitical law, there's something to be learned. The chronology. Yeah, or the, or right. The, uh, yeah, lists of names. It, or... And so there's something to be learned, but um, I'll, I'll go back and forth, you know, and if I feel like, man, this was all kind of uh, characters that I can't keep straight in my head, I may go read a little, mm-hmm. little Luke, little John, yeah. you know, to just kind of give me that, 
that hope again made me not feel like I was in an academic class that morning. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, this is just my nature. I am bouncing around, trying to assimilate information in my head constantly rather than jumping into a full dissertation about one thing. Right. But I, but I will stay the course like, um, gosh, I you know, reading chronologically, the first time I got my chronological Bible a year or so ago, man, I was like New Testament, boom, stuck stayed the course until i finished revelation hmm. chronologically and then i was like man that was so cool i want to find something else that's put in chronological order and i do believe that that, that god's bible is in a certain order for a reason so i've i've read it in this order now i'm almost as a study tactic i'm reading yeah. it in this other it forces order. you to kind of just kind of break the ideas of familiar things anew yeah 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 and so that. um I, I do stay the course on occasion, but I, I get, you know, I, I'm not a creature of routine or habit, and yeah. so I tend to bounce around quite a bit. But it's interesting that you have been a creature of habit in the sense that you prioritize time in the Word yes. regularly. And you're yeah. the yeah. the analogy that you gave of getting a, a rock rolling is difficult. However, once rolling, maintaining that momentum is fairly easy yeah if you don't yeah. get out of practice so absolutely i think absolutely. that's so many christians helpful. just got to get it rolling and then they realize the goodness and so many things in life are a self-sustaining cycle you know like um serving the church people people i don't know where to plug in i don't know how to serve but they realize the second they start to serve the church it encourages them to serve more mm -hmm. because of the good, you know, we serve others, we get served by God's grace, right? God's goodness. Yeah. And so it's that, that cycle of service, mm -hmm. it's gotta start spinning and then, and then you almost can't stop it. It's like the a same, flywheel. Same with reading God's word, yeah. you know? And it's the same with, uh, with uh, in so many ways, marriage or relationships with our kids. Like um, they, they reinforce themselves as long as we can keep it going. Yeah. So anyway, reading God's word's been a good, really just sweet thing for me um i mean gosh it's it, right it's like yeah. honeycomb dripping with honey it it's can be better sweet, than riches it can be challenging, it's all yeah. but it's always i'm always glad i did it it's oh, always yeah, yeah, yeah. fruitful no even doubt. though it's sometimes it's showing me things that man i gotta i gotta deal with and there's conviction behind mm. some hard attitudes or different actions or words uh and i go whoa i gotta I gotta check myself, but it's yep. always, I'm always glad that I received the correction or that I spent time on the word. No and for, for people that are hearing this, that idea of just getting started, if this podcast can be that for you, where you are deciding, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start, uh, read with us, join us as we go through the Gospel of Mark now. Let this be an instigator, and may, we may read a small section and and we talk about it, and we don't have time to go much further, but maybe that prompts you to say, I want to see how this ends. I, I, I want to know what's next. Please allow that prompt to happen. Get into the Word. Figure out and, mm -hmm. and, and find a space that you can guard, and you can say, this, is, this has got to happen. Um, yeah. Again, the Bible's so accessible. You can find... Bible reading apps, you can you can get audio Bibles, so you can listen to it in your car or when you're at work. Um, you can, yeah, there's so many ways to access it. So 
my encouragement is to do it. Yeah, it's never been more available, right? In right. the history of man. Yeah. And uh, yet, yet it seems so intimidating to so many people, but yeah. they just got to get in it. Yep. You got to kick the, kick the dust off and go after it. And on that note, let's kick the dust off and get after Mark. So we're in Mark. All right. All right. You, I dig it. Uh, you have no prior preparation. Zero. So we Other are, than 40 years of life. Right. You know. Here we go. So no study or prep. Uh, so really that means any brilliance that you bring to the table, that's really there. Like you didn't read it somewhere. Uh, Dear Holy but, Spirit, send me your brilliance. All right. We are in chapter one. Okay. Uh, we, uh, in previous episode, we were with Pastor LJ, and we went through the baptism of Jesus in verses 9 through 11. So we're going to jump into verses 12 and 13, and then we'll see if maybe 14 and 15 make sense to, to get into. Oh, we're going well. slow. All right. Just okay. 12 and 13. Yeah. Okay. There's, okay. there's plenty to discuss here, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to read it. And, and then we'll try to figure out if we can make sense of what is it saying. Like, yeah. are there words that are kind of weird that just we don't use in our everyday vernacular? And so making sure we clearly understand what's before us. Mm-hmm. And then I want to unpack, like, what does that mean? Okay. So here we are, Mark chapter 1, uh, verses 12 through 13. The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, him being Jesus, And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals and the angels were ministering to him. Okay, so this comes on the heels Mm. of the episode of the baptism where the spirit descends on him like a dove. So the spirit of God is now descended and is present with Christ. The father has said, this is my son. Mm. So we've got this episode of the trinity the triune god present revealing himself and now mark wants us to see a very specific next phase in the life of who jesus is Mm -hmm. and he's led by the spirit so what are some things you see in these verses anyway that what is that saying oh man these these are uh heavy verses right like the temptation of jesus is always been something that's just felt very heavy for me you know, you watch him go out in the wilderness, and in some of the other gospels, he uh, Satan presents him with offers that Jesus is able to, you know, rebuke or you know push back with Scripture. We see that, yeah. And you right? po- you make a good point. Just to stop you there, that this episode is covered in greater detail elsewhere. Yeah. So we yeah. have this in the other gospels, uh, in Luke, and I think maybe in Matthew. Um, yeah. And so. You've got the this this is detailed in in other places, but here Mark just gives us this. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. keep going. So I mean, to you know, we know God, fully God, fully man. And while he was tempted, he was without sin. And here we see that deepest temptation. I think when Jesus when when Satan had him in the wilderness for forty days, is what the other gospels tell us. Yeah. That Jesus was in the thick of humanity, dealing with the brokenness that you and I deal with on the daily basis. Jesus walked through that, and he gets put out in the wilderness and offered every human. Uh, he's offered riches. He's offered power. He's offered uh, food, and you know, and he's out there fasting right for 40, 40 days, days. Yeah, he's gonna be hungry he's gonna be a hungry man yeah. and then he gets offered bread right and 
And and he's just got these brilliant responses that are based on nothing but having scripture at the tip of our tongue yeah. to deal with when Satan throws uh, temptation at us. And so this idea of my savior coming down to to deal with the darkness of temptation in the human condition has always kind of been very heavy for me. Hmm. Um, just because you think of our savior, like, you know, don't do that to my Jesus, but Jesus, they weren't doing it to him. Uh, Jesus was doing it for us voluntarily, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so look here, who drives him out into the wilderness? Right? Whoa. The first thing is he's not just kind of he's not just kind of meandering about and this happens to him. It's not as though he's lured there by Satan. No. But it says the spirit of God leads him. Yeah. Like this is an intentional you're going to go into this wilderness place. Yeah knowing that this has got to happen. Yeah. This is a part of the plan. So knowing that, oh. what what is that, how does that challenge you? What does that cause you to, to wrestle with? The idea that, that the spirit or God would uh, have us go into temptation. Uh, or him specifically. Him, right, yeah, him. Right. That, that the spirit would lead us into temptation to... Uh, refine our walk, hmm. right? That the spirit would lead us into temptation um, that would be very difficult for us. And when we face hard things, right? Temptation, we're tempted by, oh, I need to work more to make more money or I'm tempted toward lust or I'm tempted toward, you know, whatever, materialism, pride, all of it that, you know, we would tend to say, get the devil satan get behind me and while the devil has a, a a part of that right that you know that there are there's a a sweet trial that jesus could that the spirit could lead us through for the betterment for for our good and his glory mm-hmm. which is the, where jesus is now right he gets led into temptation for our good and his glory and maybe jesus maybe maybe the spirit does that with us nowadays yeah, I mean, I think too. There's, there's, uh, there's something that's interesting here. There's a number, right? It says, and he was in the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. So there's, he's not, he's not alone in the wilderness, but he is with wild animals, and angels are ministering to him, presumably after the temptation. I think the other gospels say that, that he makes it through basically, and then the angels rush in right. and start ministering to him. Um, but you've got the inclusion of 40 days. Where else do we, in the broader kind of mm. scope of scripture, do we we experience the number 40? I mean, you got Noah. Noah on the ark, right? For I think 40 everyone's days heard 40 the, nights. the story yeah. of yeah. Noah's ark and the rainbow afterwards, of, you know, the sign of God's covenant. But 40 days and 40 nights, he's in the belly of this ship. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. riding it out with the wild animals. Yeah. He's yeah, there. Okay. And wild he's, an- we got wild animals both places. I never made right? that connection. So he's there with the animals. And he is enduring this great flood that's gonna that's gonna wipe out humanity with except the exception of this remnant. But there's a sense in which he's going through a trial, right? Yeah. There is a this is a significant event that is that as he travels through this for forty days, that if he comes out on the other side, there is a there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Then you have the Israelites. Hmm. 
40 years, years. in yeah. the wilderness. Where, who's leading them? They're being led by God, a pillar of fire yeah, at night, night, a pillar of smoke in the day, day, right? God leading them through 40 days in the wilderness where they are experiencing what would be desolation if not for God providing for them. But they're going through this season of hardship and then through that, they're going to find then the promised land. Mm. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I wonder if there is a sense in which, I don't know, I'm just, I'm thinking out okay. loud right Okay, all right, now. all right. Is there something to be said about as Jesus now is, he is, uh, he's relating to each of us as individuals going through and experiencing temptation. Mm-hmm but also indicating that he is able to relate to historically all of God's people. And he is now traveling through these hardships and will navigate through these hardships in the same way, or there's some representation. I don't know. I haven't unpacked it, but there's something there. I think. I mean, with, without, without a doubt, I mean, um, not to bring in too much other Bible beyond this scripture, right. But Hebrews says we do not have a high priest that hasn't, you know, faced these things. We've got a high priest, Jesus, who's walked through every temptation known to man and, and, and can relate to the human condition we have, yet he was without sin. Without and sin. so Jesus set an example. He's like, guys, you can do hard things. Mm-hmm. You can go in and have Satan knocking at your door, offering yeah. you all of these earthly pleasures, and you can, you can turn it down and you can stay true to the mission uh, because I did it and I know. Mm-hmm. I, and you can resist. And like you, you brought in the other... Um, incidences or other places where this takes place in uh, Matthew and Luke. And he does respond in his temptation uh, with scripture, with the word of God, even though Satan will try to distort the word. Mm -hmm. Christ properly uses the word as the, the way that he resists the falsehood. Yeah, that's right. Resists it with truth. Gosh, those are so good in Matthew and Luke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we're supposed to stick to this little know, bitty thing hard. here, man. That it's is really tough. Hard, but I that think there's tough. a point that you don't read any passage in isolation. I think the more and more you are engaged with the scriptures, you realize that it, although 66 books, many different authors, multiple languages, like there is a need for you to understand all of the different parts that lead into our understanding of one particular verse. Yeah. No, no verse is an island. Yeah. It's yeah. always in context. Right, right. Especially in the Gospels, you know, they just, they're, they're just so beautifully, they dance. They just dance together, mm-hmm. you know? But if you were coming to this and you were a new Bible reader uh, and you didn't have the context that we do with some of the other things, um, you might go, wow, the, the Spirit led him into the wilderness uh, where he was tempted by Satan. Notice the Spirit's not tempting him, right? Right. Right? We know that, that, that God doesn't tempt uh, people. These things, our temptations don't come from... God, we could get right. tested, right? The, the, there's and that therein lies a. <laughs> there's testing by the Lord. There are times the Lord disciplines us. Yes, yes, but without a doubt, there are there are definitely there's a difference between temptation of the world, the enemy, or the flesh. Yeah, as we kind of identify throughout Scripture, those are the three kind of main categories that temptation will come either by worldly, um, you know, draw or our own flesh, our own appetites, our own desires, or truly from the the enemy yeah uh, Satan. yeah 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 it, it's kind of almost like a term of art like when you see temptation that's a that's a external 
evil mm -hmm. thing trying to get you to bend away from the word of God. Right. 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 And, and you got Jesus, our savior being put through it for 40 days. I can't, you know, there's times I can't even go five minutes, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, with stuff to think of how Man. much a, a human could be worn down over 40 days yeah. of consistent temptation. Um, you really, if you're listening to this, you really ought to go and read uh, Matthew chapter three, you'll find this episode. And in Luke chapter three, you'll find this episode. And it, it's the same event, but you have these different authors giving their, their accounts, right, as guided by the Holy Spirit. They're giving the accounts of all the different things that happened during this temptation. And it really is worth reading more because there's a lot more detail than what Mark gives here. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so... We're not going to give away too much because, man, we want you to go read it. So uh, go <laughs> yeah. read it. Go experience all the different details. But if you were to just say, okay, based on what Mark's given us here, I'm a brand new Bible reader. This is all I have. What do we do with this? Mm. What, how do we as, as husbands, as sons, brothers, fathers, followers of Christ, take this revealed word of God mm -hmm. today? To me, this gives me encouragement to resist temptation. Yeah, it makes me uh, realize that when I'm tempted, I those these things are coming from the the evil one. You know, these are coming from the enemy. That the devil's out there to trip us up, um, and so to identify those as part of the part of the power. Yeah, you know, to say like, man, the devil really wants to get his his gills right. He wants to get me in the gills. Yeah. Um, and you know, this is something Jesus has already walked through. And then that moment you could pray for strength that Jesus could get you through it too. So I, I, I think that, that we have to realize temptations come from the devil. Our savior has walked through temptations yet was without sin. And if he could do it, I can do it too. This is an intense you encouragement. you can do it because his spirit lives in you. Amen. That's right. Right. There's no yeah. sense in which I could apart from Christ, pull myself up by the bootstraps and just just navigate this world in perfection. Yeah, 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 yeah. But because of what Christ resists here, and he, as we, we follow through this entire gospel, we're gonna learn about the life of Jesus and the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus, and he then grants us new life because we, he is in us and we are in him, and it's this supernatural kind of metaphysical thing that is mysterious but true, and so he empowers us, and so... I think you're right, Chad. I think I walk away with this scripture in mind and go, not only should I resist temptation, but I can. Mm, yeah. That Satan is able to be resisted. And when I am tempted, it's not as though I'm just, well, I'm wired this way. This is my predisposition. Oh, yeah. I can't help it. You know, no, this means I should and I can resist temptation. No excuse. No excuse. That's right, right. But now not through our power, but through his power who lives in us, Amen. right? Amen. Yeah, that's All good, right. man. Well, hey, thanks for being on the Take and Read podcast. This is fun. This is really we fun. Only had, we only had two verses. Two, two verses, man. A good conversation. You will be back. I'm going to have you back on the podcast. <laughs> if you want to have Chet back, just uh, make, uh, make it known in the comments. <laughs> Again, if we've said something here that challenges you or maybe even frustrates you, whatever that may be, please email me at takeandreadpodcast at gmail.com. No at gmail that's your email address yeah, not mine bro yeah 
I, well, I, I forgot how an email ends. Is it dot com? <laughs> Dude, how old are you? Gmail.com. Yeah. The okay. email's been around Take over half your life. Podcast at gmail.com. Please email me. That's where I will primarily interact with you. Again, if you want to leave comments you know, and dialogue about some of the stuff that we brought up here, please do. Uh, check out Chet on the Day Tripper. Uh, where do they go to find yeah, you? Yeah, the Day Tripper. Oh, how, how do websites How end? do websites work? Uh, yeah, dot com. The Day Tripper dot com. Yeah. <laughs> So thanks so much for being here, brother. Dude, man, such an encouragement, man. I'm going to go back and read uh, Matthew and Luke now. Amen. Jump in. All right. Well, hey, have a great week. Mm -hmm.